Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, I mean, the, the trial is cancer, and the trial is he is the love of my life. He's a very genteel, loving, awesome man of God. And when I see him, I see Christ. <laughs> I see Christ. Because those are the attributes that are in him. And um, what's the battle, cancer? I mean, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's a win-win situation, whichever way it goes. But for me, it was just, it's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. Um, how long have I been married? Not long enough. That's, that's the way I, I feel about this. And um, he has been incredible through this, through this trial. He's very positive but not in a worldly way where you kind of try to psych yourself no he is positive and knows who God is and his trust is in God and his trust is in the word of God and he's been doing all the, these memory verses about healing um, for me that's been the biggest trial like no you know I, I want him to continue being in my life Yeah. It's one of those moments you're like, why did I agree to preach this sermon? <laughs> Man. Okay, so um, that's Elaine. Y'all know Elaine. So uh, Elaine was sharing there about uh, her, her husband, uh, Douglas. Uh, I called him Douglas uh, a few months ago, and he said, you know, my, my wife is the only other one who calls me Douglas. I'm like, yeah, you know. I'm Gregory. No one else calls me that. <laughs> so, um, so uh, her her husband is uh, he has brain cancer, hmm. and um, that is a serious disease. And they've uh, been treating him, and, and they continue to treat him, um, and we're praying for him. Um, but that's scary. It's scary for her, and it's scary for us. And uh, we've been walking alongside Elaine in this journey, and and we've had the honor and privilege of uh, of walking alongside her and watching her process this. And um, last week. Pastor Mark preached a sermon about uh, promises. And uh, <clears throat> that's definitely one of those, you know, really positive, often one of those positive sermons where, you know, I, I have this book uh, where it has all these different promises of God. And they're all super positive. They're all the ones that you'd put on your mirror. But the truth is, when you read through Scripture, not all of God's promises are favorable. In Acts 14, it says that 
through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus said that in this world you will face tribulation, but take heed, I've overcome the world. So there are, there are promises in Scripture that aren't favorable, aren't the ones that you want to put necessarily on the mirror. And I think we run away from those promises. I think we're afraid of those promises. I think I was afraid to even preach this sermon. I'm still wrestling right now. I've been, I've been wrestling with this, and uh, I was driving in from uh, Connecticut yes, yesterday, and, and my wife said to me, she's like, you know, Greg, you need to share uh, a storm in your life for this to make sense, for this sermon to, to connect, and I didn't want to do that. Um, but I think I need to. Sorry. <laughs> so one of the promises is that there's going to be storms in our life, that we're going to have tribulation. And what we do in the midst of that storm what we do in that tribulation determines everything. It, de- it will define who you are. It, will, it has the potential of, of radically changing you and changing your life. And I think our tendency is to flee from God in the midst of storms. At least often that's me, where I feel like uh, I need to run off and, and, and try to solve the storm apart from God. And um, I'll share it. So the, the reason why I'm here. Um, about six years ago, I was teaching, uh, teaching high school. And uh, I was standing in the front of the class, and um, let me back it up. My plan, my life plan was I was going to go to med school. Um, at this point, and I was uh, studying to take MCAT and uh, taking a a Kaplan course. I was meeting with the Air Force. I was looking at being uh, a, uh, you know, going in the Air Force and having that pay. And and I was visiting schools, and I was pretty excited about this. And I'm standing there, and I was teaching a class, and as I was at the front of the class, I looked down, and I had a, my muscles and my arm were twitching. They were like going like that. And in uh, my hand uh, was, was going like this. And um, I'm like, okay, what's that? Because that's never happened before. And... Um, within the next couple months or so, I noticed that I was getting twitching in my feet, and then I was getting twitching in my legs, and uh, there was something wrong. And uh, so I did the worst thing you could do. I went on Google, (laughs) and I started Googling things, which, as don't do that. (laughs) 
So I started Googling things, and I have a mind that races on things. I have a mind that, like, when I get on something, I get on it, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I started looking up all the potential things that could cause that, and none of them were good. Actually, scared, scared me to death. Um, so I went to a doctor, and uh, they started running tests on me. They sent me to a neurologist. Um, they did MRIs and a CT. And um, in the midst of that, it was the, the scariest time of my life. The scariest time of my life. Um, I, of the different options that I was reading, best case scenario for me, of if it was one of these things, uh, would be I'd have about 15 years to live. And worst case scenario would be much shorter than that if it was one of the things I was reading about. And I started to become convinced I had one. And I became depressed. Um, my doctor gave me antidepressants. And uh, I really just started to withdraw and really uh, just got frustrated and um, decided that uh, I was going to try to cure it somehow, if it was one of those things. So I started taking a lot of supplements. I started doing all these crazy things. I started working out, which in, a, in some ways made it worse. And so I went for my test, and I got them back. Uh, and the MRI didn't show anything, and the CT didn't show anything. It was clear. And, uh, but it didn't go away. And in many ways, I, 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 for a period of time, I became really obsessed with figuring this thing out. And at one point in my, my bathroom, I had about uh, almost 20 different supplements that I was trying to take. Because I was reading articles and saying, okay, well, if I take this, it's going to help with this. And, um, and I got to a point where I just realized none of that was doing anything for me except for making me obsess over it. It was making me depressed. And so I decided to, to throw out. I went on a trip with my wife, and I didn't feel like taking 20 bottles of supplements for, with me. And we, we went on a trip, and I threw out all, this, all of that stuff. And I decided that I, I wasn't going to fight this thing anymore, that I was going to just focus on my relationship with God. And in that place of seeking him, and in that place of, of wrestling with him and, and feeding on his word, I started to find my purpose. I started to become encouraged again. And I... And I remembered what God was calling me to do with my life. And so I stopped pursuing medical school, and I started pursuing becoming a pastor again. And that trial in my life, which now um, I've actually figured out, it's, I think it's something actually related to my diet, which is really strange. Um, I have major problems with lactose, 
And I think uh, what I've found is that if I cut out dairy completely from my life, just so you guys can sigh relief, uh, all that stuff goes away, um, which is really strange and odd. Um, So why am I sharing this? We have a choice when a trial comes, when a storm comes. We have a choice. And usually choose the, the wrong two options. One, we either run from God. Or two, we desperately seek God to only remove the storm. And in the process, we miss out on what he's actually trying to do. Because I know when I was sick, when I was running, and I was trying to solve it on my own, well, that was, you know, a dead end. <laughs> you know, hundreds of dollars on supplements. What does that get you? But even when I first went back to God and started pursuing him, I was desperately seeking for him to heal me. I remember asking everyone and everyone to pray for me, and I was, I was wanting to him to heal me. And I thought that resolution, that if God took this away, then, then that would be the great. Like, that would be awesome. But I was neglecting this principle. God had allowed the storm in my life. And I didn't ask why. I was only seeking for it to go away. So I was missing the purpose. And when storms are in our life, what we need to do is flee to God. And in fleeing to God, he'll give us revelation. And that revelation is our resolution. Elaine, in her video, talked about Douglas and shared about And if you remember in that video how Douglas is in the Word. The Word is his food. The Word is the thing that's sustaining him. The Word is is strengthening him. He's seeking revelation. He's seeking who God is. And in the process, he's learning who he is. And he's starting to see God's purpose. In Hebrews 6, the passage that we've been wrestling through, turn with me there, Hebrews 6. God addresses the heirs of the promise. God addresses the descendants of Abraham. He addresses those that are fleeing from tribulation. And and in doing so, he says this. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, it is impossible for God to lie. And we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. So what do we do in a storm? And the first thing I see in this passage we do in a storm, we need to flee to God. We need to make God our refuge. We need to stop running away from the storm and actually flee to the one who is in the smack dab in the middle of the storm. I remember in, in 1985, 
Do you remember Hurricane Gloria? Hurricane Gloria came through. I was living in Rhode Island. I was just a young buck, only six years old. And I remember this storm vividly. It was a violent storm. It had 145 mile an hour winds. And it did $900 million worth of damage. And this storm tore through New England, and especially uh, New Jersey and Connecticut and Rhode Island. And during this storm, we hid out in our basement. We had a, we had a wood stove uh, that could run on charcoal or wood, and we used that stove to cook our food, and we had no electricity for a long time. And, my, and, and I remember just, just hunkering down. And it was scary for a six-year-old. Like, I, I was scared. And I remember during that storm, there was this one part where it was like the storm went away. And it was actually when the eye of the storm passed over. And in the eye of a hurricane, actually the sky becomes blue. And the winds start to die down. And it's as if the storm isn't even there. But when you run outside the eye of the storm, oh boy, it's there. And I started thinking about how in our life, okay, when that storm comes, it's like we're surrounded by a hurricane. And Jesus is like the eye of the storm. And when we're in him, he's in the midst of that storm, he covers us. And he shields us. So that, yes, the storm's still going on, but we find strong encouragement. We find protection. Doesn't stop the storm. Now, as the hurricane moves, what happens? The eye moves too. And I was, I tossed this idea out to Carrie. I said, I'm like, Carrie, I wonder if you could actually move with the eye of the storm. Right? Think about that. So as we walk with Jesus and we stay in Jesus, it's like we're moving in the eye of the storm. And it keeps us sheltered. It's still going on. And if we try to flee and run away and run off, what happens? We'll run back into the wind. So that's the first thing I see in this passage, the key to surviving a storm. Flee to him. He's in the midst of it with you. Find refuge in him and hold fast. I hear that word, hold fast. It's kind of like you're in a ship and it's about to rock over and, and you just latch on and hold on with all your might. Like when you're a little kid and you're afraid of something and you just grab onto the legs of your daddy. You know, during that storm, you know where my dad was, as an aside? I just want to brag about my dad. My dad worked for the power company. He was gone the whole time during that storm. He hardly slept at all, okay? But he was getting his power, right? And so his job was actually to work on trucks, which was, I'd say, just as dangerous because if a truck broke down out in the storm, he had to go and work on that truck. Um, so my dad was out in the storm, okay? And he was, he was trying to bring peace and calm to those who were suffering. So I love my dad, and he's awesome, so I just had to toss that out. <laughs> So the second thing I see in this passage, which is profound, is at the beginning of the passage, where it says, so when God desired to show more convincingly 
to the heirs of the promise. God wants to show us what he is doing in the storm. He wants to show us what he is doing. Think about that. That is amazing to think about, that he wants us to get greater revelation. He wants to show us more and more, more and more what he's doing, so that when we flee to him and we seek him out as our refuge, it's not just to hold his legs, it's to listen to his voice as well and to hear what he is saying. And he's going to start showing us things as we do that about him and showing us things about himself. And from that, we learn his purpose. And this is key. This is key. Because whenever you're struggling, whenever you're fighting with something, whenever there's a storm, ultimately we want to know why. And so many of us are left with, you know, having no answer for that, especially if you don't have a relationship with God. It's important to go to God and flee to him and, and get in his word, get in his presence and, and just cry your eyes out. If you have to yell, yell. If you have to scream, scream. If you need to walk for miles, walk for miles. I remember just yelling and crying out to God in the midst of this when I was in, when I was in my bad place, when I was struggling. And it's in that time where you're crying out to him that all the things that don't matter just go away. All those accessory things. And faith really starts to become real in that place. It's no longer religion. There's no pretense. It all becomes real. Why? Because you absolutely need him. The trial shows us our utter dependence upon him. It shows what's inside of us. I heard Tony Evans say this one time that you don't know what's inside of a sponge until you squeeze it. I would rather, personally, live a life filled with trials and tribulations and find out that I actually had faith than to live a cushy life and die and realize that I didn't. God is showing us what is inside of us. And in the process, he wants to take this trial and make us more like him. Jesus suffered. Now, if we want to be Christ-like, we have to expect that we're going to go through suffering too. That's part of it. He's shaping us, and he's molding us, and he's using this, using this trial to get us to depend upon him. Why? Here's the why question. Why is he doing this? This is key. This is, this is huge, right? This was the aha moment for me. It's all about revelation. Revelation to us and revelation through us. God is revealing himself to you so that he can reveal himself through you. 
He wants to make you more like Jesus so that others can come to know Jesus. And if the trial makes you more like Jesus, is succeeded. Now, he doesn't cause the trial, but he allows the trial. And he allows, if you look at all the circumstances in your life, everything that happens to you, there's nothing that happens to you that's outside the, gra- gra- the grasp of God. There's nothing that happens to you that he does not allow. He is sovereign. He is in control. He's not just sitting back and saying, oh, I wish that didn't happen. Even the worst things. And it's important to go and ask why. Because the why is key. The why is that he wants to reveal himself to us and through us. That he wants to use those trials to make us like him. Because we're stubborn. Because we don't want to change. I didn't want to change. The only way that I was going to not go to medical school and start doing what God actually wanted me to do was if he smacked me upside the head. Because I'm a stubborn person. And I had plans for my life. But they weren't God's plans. And often what we do is we go to God with our plans and we take his promises and say, God, you know, can I have this plan? Or can, can you accomplish this? Your, your word says this, so I'm going to pray for this. And then that's not all when bad. You know, it's good to have plans and it's good to have dreams. And often a lot of those dreams come from God, but sometimes they don't, right? And so then we get frustrated and we keep asking and asking and asking, but God's really just saying, no, no, I've got something better. I've got something different. And that better and different is becoming more like Jesus. It's not having a, a certain outcome that we want. So in the midst of a storm, we need to flee to God. And, in, and it's through revelation, through having him speak to us, that we gain resolution. Now, in our mind, resolution is that the problem goes away. There's another meaning for this word revolution, resolution. So I was a science teacher, okay? And with microscopes, the resolution of, within a microscope, uh, of a microscope is, is its ability to differentiate two points that are very close to each other. In other words, it's clarity of an image. It's being able to see clearly, okay? So in going to God and learning about him and learning about ourself, we gain clarity. We gain resolution. Clarity about our purpose. So if his purpose is making us more like Jesus... The resolution is our purpose. And this was really neat. I did a word study on the word strong encouragement from Hebrews 6. And I discovered that the same exact word is used in 2 Corinthians 1. This is our purpose. This is why I showed you this video of Elaine. And this is why I'm going to show you the rest of it. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Comfort. It's the same word in Greek. Who comforts us in all our affliction. Here we go now. Come on. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. 
And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in the sufferings, we also share in our comfort. Woo! So what's our purpose? Our purpose is the testimony. That in spite of whatever happens in that storm, you walk away with a testimony about God's faithfulness for what he's doing. And that testimony leads people to Jesus. Right? So if revelation is God's purpose of making us like Jesus, resolution is the testimony we gain from that process to help others to come to Jesus. So it doesn't matter what happens in that storm. Now, I'm not minimizing. Don't, I want to make that really clear. That God suffers alongside of us. God weeps alongside of us. When I was weeping and, and when I was having those muscle problems and problems with my nervous system, God was weeping alongside of me. He was suffering alongside of me. My body was doing that ultimately because we're in a fallen world. And Christ died to redeem that fallen world. He was suffering alongside of me in that place. So I don't want to minimize the pain and the hurt that we feel. And it's not wrong to ask God for healing. We want to ask God for healing. And it's not wrong for, to ask God to take away problems. But if that's the only thing that we're doing, we miss the purpose. We miss what he's ultimately trying to do. That he wants us to have a testimony. He wants us to have our own gospel account. He wants my life to be the gospel of Greg, or according to Greg, about him and his faithfulness in my life and his stories of me walking alongside him and him working through me to minister to others. And that's the same for all of us. That's the purpose. That's your purpose. That he gives us strong encouragement so we can encourage others. Can we play that other video of Elaine? If I would say there's this big revelation, it's just in the power of the promises of God. Regardless what the outcome is, my attitude is an attitude of thanksgiving. I am so thankful. I'm thankful for this storm. I am thankful for my wonderful husband and the time that we have. I am thankful for all the people that have come alongside and been so gracious and, and, and have offered prayer and strength, you know, life groups. Um, and it's this word that's become, I'm becoming it because you you read the word of God and you read the promises, but are you becoming that? And for me, that's the revelation. I am becoming all of this patient and, and gentle because you can really be upset about bad things. I'm more than an overcomer. I have the mind of Christ. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You can read that. 
But boy, do you really become that? Do you really understand it at this time? To me, that's the revelation that I have this strength that God has given me. You can't work that up. And I do have joy. And I thank God for every day, every day. And adversity and trial should not define who you are and how you live, especially if you're a Christian, because God says the craziest things. And, you know, God just fries his eggs a whole different way. And we need to catch up to that and, and just keep our eyes on him. And eventually, I'm telling you, it becomes part of who you are and it becomes your response to, to life. But, you, but I, I, I caution you, I, I tell you, you have to pursue God. Mm. You have to pursue Him and His Word and Sorry. pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you every single day. Journal, <laughs> journal, read, memorize, eat it, chew it like a good plate of Spanish rice and beans. <laughs> just just heat it. And and that's where the power is to, to overcome yeah. um, trial. Yeah. What a testimony, huh? That God is shaping us and molding us. So when we face storms, we need to flee to him. And we need to seek revelation. And it's through revelation that we find God's resolution. We find the clarity. We find out what he's doing. That he wants our life to be a testimony like Elaine's. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Let me pray for you guys. And if you have kids, I'm going to dismiss the ones who have kids. And if, if those who want to stay and process a little bit more, uh, we'll, we'll play a song. Uh, God, I just pray that for, for anyone here who's struggling who's facing a, a storm, a trial in their life, God, that they would, they would find you in the midst of the storm. It would be like the eye of the hurricane, that they'd cling to you. God, that the skies would become blue. God, that the wind would die down. God, that they'd get clarity. God, that they would know that they know in the core of their being, that they're loved by you, that you're working all things for good, that you're taking those hardships and those trials and you're shaping them and you're making them more like Jesus so that you can reveal yourself to them and through them, to us and through us. God, so we come to you and thank you God, we thank you for everything, even the challenging things, even the things, maybe even more for the challenging things. God, because they force us to slow down, to trim away the things that don't matter, and to cling to you, to hold fast, to seek your word. They show us what's on the inside. Lord, and I pray that faith, will be what is found on the inside 
of everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.